0: The cream. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the DAO hack was really interesting when looking at Ethereum. Like, I was talking, we were talking a bit earlier about kind of what the process for consensus changes might be, and and what, you know, this culture war of Bitcoin. Well, I think another way to say culture war is is what's the precedent what is the precedent for how changes are made and anytime you make a change that to some extent sets a precedent for the future about what kinds of changes are acceptable to the community and what the community you know is or isn't going to fight back against whatever um, but when you talk about the DAO well, well there's a precedent there mm-hmm. there's a precedent that if you steal enough money and, and the people kind of quote unquote in charge lose enough money then fuck you that just gets reverted as long as it's reasonably technically possible to revert
1: it what are you talking about the c- ethereum community came to consensus after the DAO fork yeah
0: in like two days and there was a what was it vote like vote and what was there it like wasn't half a
1: percentage half a percentage of people voted
0: oh yeah half something. a percentage of ethereum brothers? something like that. yeah um i mean uh, i don't blame them they were on a timeline and and further i i really wouldn't blame uh, them like that's that's the kind of system they want to run, and that's fine. And I think there's a lot of value in that system existing. It's not a system I'm interested in. It's not a system I want to contribute to. It's certainly not a system I would put money in because I'm yeah. trusting that development community. Whether you think they're great developers or not, doesn't really matter. I don't want to trust them. I got into Bitcoin because I don't want to trust anyone. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have no interest in that. But other people do, and that's great. No, that's smart. Now, I think we can build... Systems on top of Bitcoin that have a similar trust model and also happen to use Bitcoin the asset, which is depreciated how much this year? All right. So how much but, uh, can you talk about RSK?
1: How much <laughs> do you know about
0: RSK? Um, I haven't looked at. I mean, uh, the side chains obviously. I, I know a pretty large volume about. Um, all right. RSK specifically, I haven't dug into right, in any material way, but it's uh, audible to side because that's
1: something I want to <laughs> see implemented. Yeah. Um, yeah obviously Adam back in blockchain working on side chains and then you have Paul Sports working on uh side chains as well Paul Sports Truthcoin his his last name is really Sports Storks. 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 Stork I don't is think that he a mess on the end? I don't All think right. he even knows how to pronounce it but uh, actually I'm kidding Paul he definitely guy. knows how to I like Paul. but he's working on, I like him too I've uh his dri- his drive chain uh, I don't want to say theory is drive chain idea is mm-hmm. ingenious in my idea, in my mind. Um, so let's get into side chains and drive chains. What 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 are they and how will they yeah. help Bitcoin? Um, all
0: right, excuse excuse my rant. Uh, I'm rant. A, I'm a big fan of ranting. Rant on. Uh, I like my soapboxes. I'm gonna get up on my soapbox for a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think, you know, historically, I've I've been one to work on various interesting things. I, I wrote the first payment channel implementation in 2013. Um, tried to get people to run it in 2014. No one's using it. No one's using payment channel today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was written in 2013, scaled beautifully. You could be talking about arbing between exchanges right now instantly and, and for zero fee, but but no one uses it. I also wrote the, the peg in and out mechanism for sidechains. So sidechains at a high level is a concept of, like, okay, so there's Bitcoin, there's this blockchain in Bitcoin, but, you know, maybe Bitcoin doesn't have the properties we want, whatever, so we're going to create this secondary blockchain. And the secondary blockchain is going to have maybe a different consensus model, but it's still going to use Bitcoin. And so you can kind of take your Bitcoin from the Bitcoin blockchain, you can lock it up on the Bitcoin blockchain, and then use it within the side chain, and then withdraw it back to Bitcoin and, and use it however you want in Bitcoin. So that's the idea, right? So I wrote the logic to move the bitcoin between bitcoin and the sidechain and back uh for the very first version of the blockstream elements sidechain which is the kind of their their catch-all brand name for their sidechain implementation stuff and you know maybe maybe it wasn't quite production ready but but in terms of you know whether or not you could use it a year after I wrote it whatever two years ago now you could have but, but no one uses it so i think the 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 difficult part in this space for all of these kinds of technologies whether it's uh, payment channels or lightning or tumble bit or uh, side chains or whatever the hard part is getting people to use it and so you know i think uh you know, sidechains kind of have two overarching security models. Getting back to security models, uh, there's the federated model, which Mm -hmm. is to say, well, you know, we get Coinbase and we get Bitfinex and we get Kraken and we get Gemini and we get whoever else and we get them all together and they hold the money for the sidechain. So it's, you know, five of six multisig or whatever and they hold all the money for the sidechain and then the sidechain works. Mm -hmm. Or you can have the uh, kind of hash rate model, which is drive, which is uh, I guess kind of has now been co-opted by the term drive chains, but but it is broadly a, a side chain proposal, um, which is to say, well, X percentage of the Bitcoin hash rate gets to hold the money for the side chain. So fifty-one percent of the Bitcoin hash rate decides, "Fuck you, I want to take the money." They can take the money, but if they don't, then your side chain is secure. Mm-hmm. Um n- n- no. <laughs> Mining centralization is obviously kind of bad right now, so the the drive chain. Bad, hash but rate, bad but getting better. Bad but getting better and I think there's there's ideas how to do even better that, that hopefully will be implemented someday by someone magical. I don't know, maybe not. Um
1: you're not referring to a POW change, No, no, no,
0: no. I, I mean, like, a P2 pool, kind okay. of. So, so replacing pools, which... So, you know, if you're using Bitcoin, your concept of who a miner is is effectively the pool. Because the pool is making all the decisions for what block to mine on, what transactions to include, what transactions not to include, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. All of those decisions are made by the pool, not the individual kind of hashers. And so you know, irrespective of how distributed the hash rate is, it's how distributed the pools are and what hash rate different pools have that you kind of care about. But there's not kind of a technical reason for that. There's just kind of practical reasons for that. And building something in between P2Pool, P2Pool was kind of this idea of a decentralized pool, so all of the decisions about um, which transactions to include, which block to mine on, blah, 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 all the things you care about if you're a Bitcoin user are made by the individual miners, and then the the profit-splitting part is is also decentralized. But you could take the profit-splitting part and centralize that and build a more centralized pool that still has the same properties from Bitcoin's perspective of decentralization of hash rates. So anyway, <laughs> slight digression. Um, There's a lot of buzzwords for you freaks. Oh, God. It's just so much st- Stuff in There's
1: bitcoin so, uh, it's a journey that's what john said last week it's a journey it really is you just got to start really one article one wikipedia page one tweet at a time
0: that's yeah a no <laughs> the the bitcoin oof, is crazy
1: well, we're still, still learning. learning but that's the best part about it is that it's making us think about these things like i was explaining it to these to lewis uh who sometimes co hosts this podcast with me um yesterday like so, when you first get Bitcoin from an exchange and then you move it to your computer, like, if you download, like, an Electrum wallet and put it on your computer, you're like, all right, I got my money on my computer now. How fucking secure is my computer? Like, yeah. can somebody get on it? So, you're like, then you're forced to, like, go through, like, OPSEC sort of security scenarios and it forces you to learn about encryption, about hardware wallets, about paper wallets, about brain wallets. and Yeah. You, and, and, again, we go back to money. Money drives everything in this world. And... You will do whatever it takes to secure your money. And I
0: think I think that's a big reason why Bitcoin is so fascinating to so many people. And and part of why so many people got into Bitcoin in twenty eleven, back when it was, you know, it's not worth much. It's kind of like whatever, this is interesting. But a big part of why is it, it ties together so many different fields, mm-hmm. it ties together so many different parts of computer science and forces you to think about security and forces you to think about distributed computing and forces you to think about all kinds of different things about computer science, forces you to think about money. It, like I, I mentioned at some point that <laughs> Bitcoiners seem to all have an opinion on monetary policy. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, everyone has to think about economics and then broad economics. Game like, theory. And game theory. Like There's just so many interesting topics that... The second you get into Bitcoin, you just get pulled down this rabbit hole of all of these fascinating ideas and all these fascinating topics, and you just—there's just so much to learn. You,
1: and you're almost it's forced addictive. to learn it because, again, it goes back to the money aspect. Like people yeah. want to secure their money, and they will go to any length possible to make sure it's as secure as possible. I mean, if unless they're lazy, but like for people that are serious about securing their money, here's
0: this thing. Here's this thing that's going up so much. All your friends have it, and so you bought some of it. I you want to figure out what the fuck it is. You go start start reading about it, and there's just so much to. It pulls you into this learning rabbit hole, and all of a sudden, it's just addictive to learn all these things.
1: And uh, I'm gonna recommend a good start to jump down this rabbit hole, and that's Jameson Lop's website, his Bitcoin oh, yeah. resources page. Just start clicking on those links. Start going through them. Oh, yeah. It's gonna take you a while, but that's the best launching pad that yeah. I've. No, yeah, there's
0: some folks recently. It, it's been great to watch. There's some folks who've made enough money on bitcoin to kind of retire to some extent and they retired on bitcoin and who've decided to spend their time just creating educational resources for bitcoin it's been great
1: it's it's been incredible but that also reinforces like the like it reinforces the ethos of bitcoin and and why it's like these people they could go chill on a beach in the maldives they could go buy a yacht and go yachting instead they're like no like I'm gonna teach people about. I'm gonna teach people about this because it's that fucking important. Yeah. And that's something like that. I'm that we're witnessing now. Like we're going through another hype cycle, and every hype cycle you have all the doubters, you have all the haters, you have everybody. But uh, at the same time, you always have the. I don't want to say converts. We're getting very religious at that point. (laughs) But like, you have the people that are like, okay, oh shit, there is some utility here. There is something here, and the people that are willing to go down that rabbit hole and discover everything come out or no I don't think anybody's coming out of the rabbit hole yet. And every
0: and every time we what 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 I'm really looking forward to, honestly, and and some people hate me for this, but that's fine. Um I'm <laughs> looking forward to the crash. I'm looking oh, forward to no. Bitcoin being I mean, fuck at this point, ten thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, a thousand dollars. I'm looking forward to being cheap, quote unquote less than it is today for an extended period of time because that's when the people who got sucked down the rabbit hole they stick around because they're like this is fucking fascinating and they start reading about all these things and they they start engaging with the community and talking to people and you get to have really awesome conversations with all these people and then the really loud mouths you know the people who are like bitcoin is awesome and it's gonna save the world as long as the price keeps going up because everyone's gonna buy bitcoin and then the price is gonna go up and then everyone's gonna be rich right that's how that works isn't that how that works i don't know how that works Uh, all those people disappear Mm -hmm. and and it's just great like the bitcoin community becomes so much healthier it becomes so much it's interesting people who are fascinated by it want to build an awesome bitcoin want to build a really awesome cryptocurrency space and just want to work on that Mm -hmm. and not to like random people who are like, ah, yay, I'm making infinity money, Woo. Yeah, and that's, I mean,
1: in the long run, we hope to convert all those people, but for somebody who's, who's lived through probably the longest protracted bear market in Bitcoin's history up to this point, which is after Mt. Gox from 2014 till-
0: It was a while. Last huh?
1: summer, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Hmm. yeah, it was probably like an 18-month protracted bear market, but- it's a while i got pulled into the rabbit hole and I, had, I haven't jumped out since but that was like that was one of the like the con like when there wasn't like it, it was wasn't calm, about price yeah. it wasn't about price it was more yeah. about scaling and you're talking about interesting ideas yeah and that's um that's it's lots of
0: drama about scaling but
1: too much and again i think there's too much drama we're gonna go back i think a lot these of things drama. are going to change us more than we change them um yeah And I think that's a good thing in the long run. Uh, It's going to be a process. We're going to have booms and busts on the way up. But Mm -hmm. uh, I do honestly, truly believe wholeheartedly that we're going to trend up and to the right over time in the long run. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I (laughs) this is not a prediction. Please sell your Bitcoin if you've made a lot of money because I want the price to go down. Not because I want to buy more coins, but just because I want the price to be low for a while. But... But but I really think Bitcoin is either worth, you know, million dollars or plus, right? It, it is yeah. <laughs> either people... A uh, million dollars maybe is hyperbole, but, you know, either people accept it as a... I don't think a, that's enough. Well, maybe not. But either people accept it as a real trustless store of value. Either people say, like, this is something that I can trust. I can put money in this. It is gold version 2. It is a gold that I can send across the world relatively easily. You know, I, I'm in Bitcoin to build payments, ultimately. But but to do that, there has to be this underlying level of secure, stable Bitcoin that is really trustworthy and that really you don't have to trust anyone to use it. And then on top of that's Lightning and sidechains and, side chains and uh-huh. Coinbase and whatever else, right? But either people accept it as that? Or it's worthless. Yeah, and that's and if they accept it as that, I mean, we're, we're talking about like millions of real dollars. a a nation state might be thinking about buying Bitcoin yeah. as part of their central bank holdings, right? What? We're talking about these kinds of fundamental shifts in the way people approach this. Or, what was the point? Exactly, a- and and sure, people are not going to be using bitcoin to pay for their coffee no sorry it's not gonna happen people are gonna use their fucking dollar to pay for their coffee because the dollar is like something the opportunity cost
1: of spending your bitcoin on a cup of coffee is is too great to just yeah
0: it is it is your your national currency it's what you get paid in it's what things are priced in you know we talked about monetary policy and irrespective of whether you think it's gonna go up or down like you don't use gold to pay for your coffee in the morning. That's just what you do. <laughs> yeah, I bring my gold bar and shave it down. Yeah, you bit, know, it's just get, get a little coin and, and you hand that to the guy at the Starbucks. But I think that's that's maybe more analogous to Bitcoin in the context of how people should be thinking about valuing it uh, with some small probability that it actually happens, but, mm-hmm. but valuing it and, and what its use cases will be. I mean, we're talking about people buying it in large volume to hold long-term value against potential risks that are kind of macro risks across the world. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully also people can use Bitcoin in a way that you can't use gold to, to transact with. Yeah. Also, I mean, that's the talking about places where you have these macro risks where you're talking about like, okay, well, I am, uh, Two nation states in the Middle East and can't transact because the treasury doesn't really like me and blah blah blah. And I want to do an oil deal. Well, maybe you'll use Bitcoin to actually settle that monetary value there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's becomes really interesting. And you're talking about you know censorship resistance. We can build Bitcoin to you know if you want to fund WikiLeaks, whatever Julian Assange might be an asshole, but if you want to fund them. You certainly can't use Visa and you won't be able to use the dollar. Bitcoin can provide that alternative for you. And Mm -hmm. that's making sure that we provide this kind of censorship-resistant money that is built on something that really has a trustless store of value. You're not trusting someone to use it. You're not trusting a developer team. You're not trusting the Fed. You're not trusting anyone, unless you want to. But you don't have to trust anyone. Mm -hmm. Store of value at the base layer, I think, is really no that's transformative it's very transformative and
1: that's something people can't grasp right now because we've never had it before and people can't grasp that we have something in our hands that's never existed in the censorship resistant l- ledger And what i really like what you touched on earlier which john and i had in a conversation uh, post podcast that i wish was recorded but the way he described it, it's binary it's either worth zero or it's
0: worth millions of dollars and I think that's right it's binary it's it's all or nothing and i no, let me be clear I still think it's, there's a 5% shot it succeeds mm-hmm. it's not guaranteed it's no. not even the most likely outcome that it kind of becomes this million dollars per bitcoin asset like don't don't start betting your your retirement savings on this kind of thing no. this is you might get really fucking lucky but most likely you're going to get most likely it's just not yeah gonna I mean, quote succeed
1: hmm. why do you
0: think There's so many things I'm still worried about about Bitcoin. I think mining centralization is a big question. Uh-huh. Uh, how does that trend in the future? I would not still be working on Bitcoin if I didn't still have a lot of hope for it. I think there's, you know, a lot of the kind of environmentalist arguments are overblown to some extent um, because... In large part, n- not because they're, like, quote-unquote wrong, but in large part because Bitcoin mining is this race to the bottom to find the cheapest power. Mm-hmm. And the cheapest power in the world is renewable. It just happens to be fucking cheaper. Yeah. Hydro is by far the cheapest type of power in the world. Um, hydro and ge- geothermal. Geothermal, yeah. Um, nat gas actually turns out to be kind of close, which worries me to some extent. Um it depends yeah it depends on but, but it that, depends on how
1: cold it gets in the US in the winters yeah. cuz coming back from futures markets like if you have severely cold mar- winters like natural gas price is going to go up so yeah, it and, really depends on the weather with natural gas and
0: that gas might not be as sustainable right and no, if you're talking it's... about sustainability well sustainability also matters for cost right yeah. if you're talking about especially futures markets you're going to price things based on the sustainability of the market so mm-hmm. uh, i think you know the cheapest power that people are bitcoin miners are going to be pushed towards assuming there's kind of a vaguely stable bitcoin price is going to be relatively renewable sources primarily hydro and and geothermal and if that ends up being distributed i mean i think access to power is distributed on the kind of one megawatt scale It's, it's easier to find one megawatt or five megawatts or Eh, not much more than five megawatts of cheap power than it is to buy a hundred megawatts of cheap power, mm-hmm. or five hundred megawatts of cheap power. So I think there's still a lot of potential decentralization pressure there that we'll see as the market matures. But it still worries me. It's still something Definitely. that I think if if mining power doesn't appropriately decentralize, then Bitcoin this like great trustless thing that might have a ton of value because you don't have to trust and you want to use it. Well, okay, fuck now. You're trusting, like, Three one company on or yeah. five people, like, whatever. I That, that I'm a destroys little more, the value.
1: I'm a little more hopeful after this summer, to be honest. Because I think, again, like you said, I think I think node operators and, yeah. exerted their, their power yeah. to an extent. That I think a lot of people disregarded the the power that node operators had, and people with Node two X, UASF <laughs> stood up and.
0: Yeah, I, I think the. I mean, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from the various forks this this year, right? Yeah. There's yeah. there's the UASF stuff, which which, you know, irrespective of what your view is, there's no question that some combination of. Everyone's going to hate me for this, depending on what your view is, but some combination of UASF and NYA mm-hmm. activated Segway, right? It was, yeah. it was not just one. No. It seems like everyone thinks it's just one, but but no, it was the UASF movement, which I and virtually everyone who contributes to CORE strongly disagreed with, yeah. very strongly denounced, again, because of kind of lack of consensus. It was, it was a part of the community, not the whole community, whatever. Um, but that provided some amount of pressure, a very significant amount of pressure, in my opinion, to folks to do this kind of Nya in a way that was even compatible with UASF, right? The mm-hmm. the the ultimately, if you were running a UASF node and you were running an Nya node, you know, up until whatever three weeks ago, uh, you would still be on the main chain. It it ended up compatible with everyone. Um, so that that. I think you can't discount that it was kind of a everyone got to say they won effort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I think is really interesting when we talk about you know how do future consensus rules, how do future consensus changes happen. This like everyone got to say they won property seems actually to be very successful. Yeah. Um, and 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 then we talk about you know the failure of two X, the kind of hard fork part of the N Y A. Uh, I mean, we talk about how that snowballed, right? There was some, you know, there was some very vocal voices saying, fuck you, I want I want original Bitcoin because of various issues about the uh, uh, kind of precedent and governance model that 2x implied and, and kind of set for the future of Bitcoin. And then that was enough to make people say, like, shit, well, now, now we as a business, we have to make sure that we provide users access to both. And so we have to... Um, Um, have replay protection because otherwise we have to implement our own replay protection and then that became a very significant thing and so it just kind of snowballed Mm -hmm. and i think that that's really interesting to look at i wish we had more kind of sociologists in bitcoin because i think that's kind of an interesting sociological property of how bitcoin consensus changes do or don't happen is that it's snowballed from this kind of core group of saying like this has a Bad impact on Bitcoin in some way. Whether I think in large part based on the changes to consensus and and precedent of how consensus changes happen, and then it snowballed into all of these companies who are like, "Shit, we're spending the last month of our time of our engineering hours trying to build our own replay protection." Engineering hours that could be spent making our matching engines not crash our exchange. I mean, <laughs> look, for, look at all of the exchanges right now. They're, well, like, failing to have their ma- – there are how many exchanges right now? Well, their matching engines can't keep up with the amount of volume. Okay. And those engineering hours that were spent building their own replay protection for 2X could have been spent on matching engine, right? And, again, I don't, don't want to get personal or anything, but
1: if you're touching <laughs> and, on, like – how hypocritical are these exchanges where they try to force this change the scaling change on bitcoin and they can't even scale their own fucking
0: centralized websites like we've talked I to... I don't know if that's the right argument I mean it, you want to talk about but, hypocritical I mean uh, but, certainly... but no
1: no it, I think it is a right argument cuz you're it is magnitudes of order harder to scale a decentralized system mm. and they're running centralized systems and they can't even scale those and If you're gonna if you're gonna talk shit, you better back it up with some fucking like legitimacy. And I think I mean,
0: obviously uh, there was a certain amount of like, this is easy if everyone, if everyone were to have agreed to segue to X. Right. Let's let's pretend for a second. That this core group, which was actually pretty large, but, th- but this kind of core group of community members of Bitcoin users who were looking at Segway2x and saying this is a bad change to the trust to the trust model of Bitcoin. If they didn't exist, Segway2x kind of would have been fine, right? It well, kind of wouldn't I, wor-
1: have worked, right? For I, a little bit at least.
0: I mean, I, I think there's technical issues in terms of the timescale, and I, I think that... Uh, The kind of trust model should have been approved so that it was clear it wasn't changing the the, whatever. All of that aside, let's pretend SegWit2x had six months of upgrade time and people and there wasn't this kind of New York agreement thing and there wasn't this kind of we're changing how Bitcoin consensus or we're setting a precedent of how Bitcoin consensus rules are made. Um, Let's pretend all of that were the case. Then, you know segwit2x would have been kind of no problem in it and there's there's when we talk about the folks who were proponents of segwit2x i think that was quote unquote their view right mm-hmm. their view was like well there's not much reason to object to it and i think the um, there was a kind of misunderstanding of the reasons why people might have objected to um segwit2x on principle against the kind of new york agreement stuff um, and, and if that, you know, and so they, they just kind of like looked at that and said like, okay, well, let's just do this. It'll be a simple hard fork is needed now. Fees are relatively reliable. So let's just do this hard fork. And from the perspective of all these companies who are like, you know, maybe could be working on matching engines, SegWit 2X would just be no big deal. Mm-hmm it would be just change out your bitcoin core daemon for btc1 whatever and then and then you're fine of course the reality was there was strong community blowback and and new york agreement was kind of a mess and blah 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 um and and so no one could do that your your users would have sued you that was just not practical in any way um and so it turned into a shit show but I can't. It was an avoidable shit show. It was a totally avoidable shit show, but I think there you know there's there's a certain amount that we need to learn from it. We mm-hmm. need to stop mm-hmm. and and be mm-hmm. introspective about, you know, <laughs> we need to hire some sociologists and to analyze <laughs> kind of how the Bitcoin community works and how Oop.
1: These. Matt, Matt, and I are starting a, a fund to to hire sociologists. We'll put we up go. the we'll put up the address <laughs> when we post this when we post this uh, podcast.
0: No, I mean I think there's 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 a certain amount of like introspection and, and like sociological sociological level of how does Bitcoin change? Well, that I think
1: this goes back to my and that it's going to change us more than we change it. Like it's a yeah. bunch of people trying to apply traditional s- system. Uh, as or traditional, let me think of the right phrase I want to use. It's a bunch of people trying to uh, management to apply traditional management strategies to yeah. a completely new animal that we don't even understand. And what we're going to find is this animal is going to change us more than we change it. I'm going to repeat yeah. it as much as I can.
0: <laughs> 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 I No, I'm, I think that's right. Right. I mean, we were talking about like how these things snowball. How potentially you can have a. Uh, small objection turn into large part of the community saying this is fucking terrible. Yeah. That, that is very hostile to traditional management. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's it's really novel. You look at a lot of people investing in this space and a lot of investors who don't spend a lot of time thinking deeply about how this is maybe different than traditional investments. And their immediate response is, well, I prefer PCash or I prefer Ethereum or I prefer whatever. And that's fine, you know, if you want traditional management, if you want someone, if you want there to be a responsible party. I mean, maybe Zcash is the best example of this. Zcash has a responsible party. Is there it really is a foundation, responsible, though? Well, okay. What they're marketing it, versus what they're putting out. Ignore... Whatever.
1: There is a you, CEO. You can there be is anonymous. You can be anonymous until we decide we don't want you to be anonymous. That's
0: Zcash's well, mentality the, right the now. The CEO makes statements that are that are maybe not not whatever. There is a CEO, right? Like there. there Zuko has been very clear that this Zcash is the Zcash Foundation makes decisions for the consensus uh, rules of the Zcash network, and ultimately the buck stops with Zuko. Uh And if you are an investor who looks at this space and you says, like, fuck, Bitcoin's a shit show, all these people arguing on Twitter and crypto Twitter is crazy and crypto Reddit is crazy and blah, 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 I want there to be someone who's responsible. (laughs) You Look at Zcash and you're like, well, there you go. There's a responsible party. There is someone who is ultimately the buck stops with him. And when I invest, I invest on the basis of whether or not I trust him. And, well... That's great. Good luck with that, because I you're mean,
1: investing in a central centralized system.
0: I, I I think that this is what draws the distinction between Bitcoin and everything else in this space. Yeah. This is why I work on Bitcoin and not something else, because I mean, let's be honest. There are <laughs> technical changes that I would love to make to Bitcoin. I would love to have all ability to change Bitcoin in all kinds of wonderful ways. Make all kinds of changes. Great. Then what would I be working on? Mm-hmm. I'd be working on yet another altcoin. That, that yet another PayPal. It's like, I think that's the great example. Like yet another PayPal, except I mean, you know, maybe cryptographic PayPal, but centralized third-party PayPal, and I, I just am not interested in that. Yeah,
1: and again, it goes back to these are raw nation technologies. We don't understand them, and it's going to take time. Like people are. Um trying to apply old world sort of mentalities and systems and management practices to these new technologies and I th- personally i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and say a lot of most of these all of these people that are trying to apply these old world management systems are gonna get blown the fuck out in the long run um
0: yeah i think i, would, I yeah
1: i would i mean I just wish everybody would be more modest in their approach to to this stuff uh, there's a lot of people who who think they have all the answers but what we're gonna we're gonna realize is nobody does it and, no. and going back to the the question of governance i've said this multiple times on tales from the crypt governance is an emergent property of these systems it just is we've reached governance every 10 minutes and whatever nodes run every 10 minutes is governance like there's no you're not going to apply a top down structure yeah, that leads I mean, us to governance? Obviously,
0: that's a simplification, but but yeah, no, totally. I mean, the, the governance of these systems is like it, it's based on precedent and it is emergent. It is, I mean, I hate the word emergent now because it's kind of been bastardized in this space. But
1: I'm a bastard.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> but 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 yeah, no, it, it really is, right? I mean, we talk about studying how Segwit2x did or didn't fail and how uh, the activation of Segwit happened like that is something you study to figure out how the community works that's not something that you kind of define well here's how the community you know does these things and then that's the the rules and it, it is a yeah, but you it's, it's a thing about up. precedent yeah, and it's you, a thing about you know historic you study how historical changes happen to look to the future yeah yeah you have to take
1: a retrospective look yeah to move forward Definitely. yeah um how much time you got i got time um what are you most excited about moving forward for bitcoin specifically
0: what am i most excited about i'm excited about the adoption of these second layer and other systems right i I mean, I, I mentioned briefly that this is something that I have worked on since 2013, right? I, I implemented the very first payment channel implementation in the summer of 2013 and sidechain peg in peg out mechanism way back in the day. Like, these are things that I've been working on for years and years, but have seen zero adoption effectively. Mm-hmm. And we're at a position now where everyone's kind of looking at where they stand technically. And thinking, okay, maybe it is time to start adopting these things. Maybe it's time to start really thinking about how we can fit these into our current business and fit these into our user experience. And finally, finally seeing some adoption of these things that you know I've been working on for years is really exciting because it opens up Bitcoin to all kinds of new possibilities all kinds of new trust models all kinds of new ways of interacting with bitcoin the asset that we haven't had until now Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's absolutely we're entering a whole new world
1: um so let's go let's go through lightning network what kind of use cases will this enable if if it becomes somewhat ubiquitous
0: i think the most obvious is (laughs) the the bitcoin side of arbing, right Mm -hmm. the the exchanges you know it's centralized more than more than lightning even is but but you talk about being able to hold money off of lightning network and off or off of exchanges in your own own hands in a lightning wallet that is really your money that, that no one can take from you and sell it immediately in in you know less than well under a second that's really interesting for how the market works mm-hmm. um and, and also requires relatively limited kind of technical effort, right? There's a few companies, they add Lightning Wallet, and all of a sudden you can ARB between exchanges and you can hold your own money in your own Lightning Wallet, and deposit to an exchange instantly and sell instantly. And then if you have Bitcoin on one exchange, you can move to another exchange instantly and sell, and you can at least do the Bitcoin side of the ARB instantly. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, again, right, that's something that requires limited effort to start adopting but also can make a big difference to both transaction volumes on the chain and how people interact with the bitcoin market so i think that'll be the first big thing we see and, and then after that it'll be you know me and all my friends who use bitcoin i'll be paying them in bitcoin they'll be paying me in bitcoin we'll be seeing things like um have like a venmo yeah a venmo kind of like you know people who are doing payments within social networks, payments within social networks, not, like, the websites, social, not, like, Facebook, whatever, but, like, social networks, like me and my friends, um, will start using Lightning and that kind of adoption. Yeah.
1: No, and I think the uh, the exchange Arbing uh, use case is is one with very high incentive, too. And, yeah. And one that will oh, yeah. will get adopted quickly because this this space is, uh, I don't want to say dominated, but there's a lot of traders in this space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's definitely, like, a good use case, like, out of the box that, yep. that would yep. get used, in my in my opinion. Though. Yeah. I'd actually never heard of that use case, which is fascinating to me.
0: Um, I, I think, I mean, when I talk to exchange folks right now, they're the ones, it seems to me, who are the most ready to start integrating this. I mean, you talk to a lot of the exchanges in this space. They've integrated all kinds of random cryptocurrency garbage. They've integrated, you know... Yeah, I think iota whatever they're running like this daemon for some random cryptocurrency no one ever really gave a shit about yeah, and the, the, whatever the, they're ready to adopt all kinds of new crazy technology and i mean lightning's on that scale not at all crazy it's like great stable whatever compared to nonsense cryptocurrencies but what uh but at the same time it's a double-edged sword
1: because lightning's going to a- enable atomic swaps as well
0: yeah potentially i mean what? I, I don't think we'll see good UX for that for a while. No. A and B. Um, so 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 let's back up. Th- what is an atomic swap? Ah, there we go. Yeah, yeah that's important. Um, so an atomic swap. We talk about when you're trading two cryptocurrencies, right? So you have you have iota and I have Bitcoin, and we want to trade at some price. You can do this thing called an atomic swap, which you both go on chain on your respective cryptocurrency, and either. And it allows us to trade kind of person to person Mm -hmm. without going through an exchange. Uh, With Lightning, you could potentially do this instantly, right? So you don't have to go on chain and you can kind of get some of the same properties. But I would highlight that you still have to have some kind of order book. You still have to have something that you can use because ultimately, sure, person to person exchanges are always going to be over the counter, is always going to be an important part of bitcoin trading mm-hmm. and you know local bitcoin whatever it's going to be an important part it's going to be there but it's not going to where people be where people go for price discovery it's not going to be the place where there is a ton of liquidity and people trading large volumes to discover what the price is on bitcoin it's going to be where people trade Small volumes, person to person, that they just don't want to use exchanges for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I think the same is true for Lightning Atomic Swamps. It is going to require these kind of... Price discovery has to happen when you have an order book which you can trust. And the only way to have an order book which you can trust is for there to be an exchange which actually has the money to back it up like from their users, right? And so... Even if there's this Lightning thing where you can deposit to an exchange instantly and issue an order, that's great. But you're not going to get away from depositing to an exchange to make an order on the order book. You need more information. You need that trusted order book. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think Lightning is going to replace that. It might take a dent into like some of the crypto-to-crypto exchange stuff that people are doing person-to-person right now and kind of decentralized exchange, but it's not going to take the place of the price discovery stuff. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And So there's always going to be a market for centralized exchanges. Yeah.
1: No, um, no, and that's the one thing that also is like uh, that we're also finding a lot of people in the space are misguided about is that we need to decentralize all the things. And sometimes, yeah. to a certain extent, that's not... That's it's not either not a, possible or, or it's not just not efficient. a good
0: idea. It's yeah. just it's not always a thing, right? Yeah, that's... It's. I don't want to shit on
1: Ethereum too much, but like that's their main <laughs> marketing perspective is, like, let's blockchain all the things, let's decentralize yeah, everything.
0: Blockchain the Tamagotchi. <laughs> uh, no, I... Um,
1: but there's efficiencies in centralization to a certain extent. There
0: is. And I think this is this was my point earlier, that, that we need to try our hardest to make sure that the decentralized systems we build are as efficient as we can make them. Mm-hmm. And centralized systems are always going to be more efficient, but we want to try to close that gap. Yeah. And, and closing that gap is important to making sure that people have the ability to use Bitcoin in a decentralized, trustless, and most importantly, censorship-resistant way, whereas... Not closing that gap means you have to trust Coinbase for everything. Yeah, and
1: that goes against the whole ethos of what this technology was created for. Yeah. Um. So we were just what were we talking about? I was about <laughs> to ask you what do you so what do you want to talk about? Like uh, what do you think is most important uh, that needs to be touched on that we haven't touched on?
0: That we haven't touched on. I mean, <laughs> we're out of Pilsners, by the way. So we've oh, sh- no. lager. Uh, I drink the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Lager occasionally. All What's right. the other one?
1: The Defender IPA. Um, I hate
0: IPAs. All well, right. Lager. Give me the Lager. I I will drink the IPA if I have to. But thank you. Uh,
1: yeah. So let's touch on that. What uh? What do you think that we haven't touched on that needs to be touched on?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I think the <laughs> a lot of the conversation that I think is the most important right now for the bitcoin community but also anyone just getting into bitcoin is is this kind of sociological aspect of how changes get made to bitcoin and what does that mean for your trust model and who you're trusting and 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 what is uh, you know who is how do changes get made and how does that impact your ability to use the system in the same way that you're using it now i, I think that's by far the most important kind of element to bitcoin right now that that needs to be figured out as a community not not as individuals as a community
1: how does this happen
0: <laughs> we hire some sociologists i think <laughs> i think that's what we've concluded we need to need to fund some sociologists um but <laughs> but but, but i think it, it's also i mean i i i mentioned that some folks refer to it as a culture war and i think that's that is that is the right lens through which to look at it is what is the culture of changes to Bitcoin that we want, mm-hmm. that that we believe in, that we think, uh, you know, creates a Bitcoin that will last a long term that, you know, that we're, we're willing to fight for.
1: All right, let's touch on Linux's culture then, rough consensus. Is that working Bitcoin?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, well, Linux maybe is a separate thing. Linux is, is very kind of centrally controlled central, there's, yeah. there's there's a tree right there's there's linus and then for each of the kind of subsystems there's a subsystem maintainer and that is you know they're they're in charge of it it's more uh, you know it obviously i think works well in open source it's kind of the model we're looking to move towards in bitcoin core for the non-consensus parts you know for mm rpc and the net logic and like all these things that no one cares about aside from bitcoin core like so, whatever
1: so let's take a step back and deal in delineate between protocol changes and non-protocol changes
0: yeah yeah so um <laughs> so so you know there's there's a lot of parts of bitcoin core right there's the gui there's this like Graphical user interface client that has like a window that pops up and like gives you send buttons and and you can do things and it has you know spinning widgets and whatever the fuck else, I don't know. I don't use it. I, I have no fucking clue. Uh, <laughs> but like ultimately, you know, someone's got to be you're responsible for mode. making the the spinning widgets be nice and pretty. And that doesn't impact anyone who's not using Bitcoin Core, right? If if you're using Coinbase or you're using a mobile wallet or you're using whatever it is. You don't care what kind of spinning widgets there are in Bitcoin Core GUI. who just doesn't affect you. And so, you know, these are things that don't affect every Bitcoin user. They affect, you know, maybe users of Bitcoin Core's wallet, maybe users of Bitcoin Core uh, as their client to check, you know, whatever their wallet or or the GUI or whatever. You know, there's a lot of different 95% of the work in Bitcoin Core is just that or the performance of it or whatever all of these changes don't impact everyone who uses bitcoin they only impact bitcoin core users mm-hmm. and in a way that any you, you could go use anything else okay and so these are changes that you know i think we look more towards vaguely centralized not centralized in that way but but more central structures you know we're not going and asking on Reddit whether we should merge some new performance improvement in Bitcoin Core. That would be absurd, Mm -hmm. because who cares? Um, So that's wholly separate from Bitcoin Core, the consensus part of it. So, you know, the consensus rules of Bitcoin, the rules about whether transactions are valid, whether blocks are valid, all of these things, that obviously impacts everyone using Bitcoin, right? If you create a transaction and it's invalid according to the consensus rules... It's, no one's going to accept it. That's invalid. And so, you know, we draw a very, very clear distinction at Bitcoin Core between things that are not consensus rules and that we, you know, want to make progress on and want to build good software around and things that are consensus rules and things that, you know, we look to the community for adoption. We don't, you know, try to make those rules on our own. Um, <laughs> another Bitcoin Core contributor refers to Bitcoin Core as a process. It is, it is less a, a software project and more a process. It is a process. and you know I don't think that really is true for all of the non-consensus parts. The wall is again ninety-five percent of yeah. the work, ninety-nine percent of the work. It's a process. But at the protocol level, Bitcoin Core is a process. It is a you know way we look to the community for changes and, and, and adoption of these kind of ideas and and you know what changes should be made to Bitcoin. Um, we had like a whole thing. We were, we were talking about something, and then we kind of went into a
1: deal- tangent. Well, I have no, no idea
0: what we were talking about earlier.
1: We were talking about how we reached consensus to change the protocol level, and I asked you to distinguish between mm. protocol level. And oh yeah, so so you, you
0: asked stuff. about about Linux and oh. and other uh, engineering communities, and I think yeah. So so you know, draw a distinction between protocol level and non-protocol level. And I think maybe Linux is a good example of this stuff for the non-protocol level. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I think Linux is even more centralized than Bitcoin Core by far in terms of how decisions are made about code level changes. Um, but, But we're trying to move maybe a bit more in that direction. Bitcoin Core, to be honest, has a scaling problem right now in terms of just the number of new contributors getting in. And, you know, historically there's been four or eight people who have seen and reviewed almost every vaguely major change in the entire code base. And all of a sudden that doesn't scale, right? All of a sudden we have more people coming in who want to work on making the spinning widgets spin faster and whatever the fuck else. I don't know. And, you know, finding the right, uh, finding the right threshold between, you know, everyone looking at everything and enough people looking at things such that there's no bugs in issues for people who use Bitcoin Core is something we're, we're, we're trying to find out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on the other hand, at the protocol level, at the how Bitcoin works at a protocol level, the consensus rules, and also the peer-to-peer network, maybe a better example is the IETF. Okay. So people who don't know what the IETF is, the IETF is effectively what decides how the internet works. They're a engineering body of engineers for engineers who decide... You know, big, uh, the, how the how your web browser, how Firefox communicates to a server that's going to serve the page and what format that takes and all these kinds of weird details that just really, really low-level networking, incredibly low-level networking.
1: Stuff that your average Joe has no idea about.
0: Stuff that m- your average engineer has no idea about, Oof. even. Yeah. Um, and their, their model, uh, their, mo- or I guess, kind of motto of how they decide things which was set years and years ago is uh, quote uh, you should pull it up but it's something like uh, we reject uh, kings and democracy we believe in rough consensus and running code and i think that's more towards bitcoin at a consensus level
1: we reject kings presidents and voting we believe in rough consensus and running
0: code there we go that's it so this is years and years old of ietf this is how ietf views itself how they kind of try to make decisions um and i think that's more towards how people view bitcoin consensus changes mm-hmm. uh, I would especially agree. the first part we reject the king's voting and and what was Democ- president Presidents, sorry yeah. we do not want kings voting or presidents in bitcoin no not even close we do not uh- you don't want a democracy because at the end of the day, let's
1: be truthful, most people are stupid. I'm sorry. I hate to admit that.
0: Ignore most people being stupid. Democracy is three wolves and a sheep deciding what to have for dinner. Yeah. It, it doesn't <laughs> end well for the
1: sheep. Oh, I've never heard that one. I love
0: that. Uh, that's a, that's how an have an ad- I never heard that? That's an Adam Back favorite. Really? Know. How I have I how never, I've never heard, heard that. that one? Holy shit! Adam loves that one, I uh, love but that I think it, I think too. it's really fucking accurate for like <laughs> what shit. this actually means, right? Um, but but I think you know democracy is not the borrower we want, and in fact, even rough consensus and running code is probably not quite enough. Rough consensus in Bitcoin is probably not close, but Wh- why not? It it almost gets there. So rough consensus. And IETF needs a bit of explanation, like what the fuck does a rough consensus mean, right? So rough consensus in IETF largely means there are no outstanding objections which have not been addressed. Um, So, you know, if there's some proposal to change how the internet works at a very low level and and Bob comes up and Bob says, well, here's the problem. I, I think this doesn't quite work for this setup, and this is going to cause problems on the Internet. Mm-hmm. The basic goal is that that should be addressed before this kind of proposed standard change rolls forward. And I think that's probably true of Bitcoin. At least that part of it of like, yes, if there is someone who shows up and says, this change is going to affect my ability to use Bitcoin, yeah, that damn well better be addressed before that change happens. Mm-hmm. However, in IETF, that means, to some extent, there, there is kind of a formal hierarchy, and there's, there's this formal uh, setup for how uh, changes get accepted and how people decide whether or not a change has been sufficiently addressed, and there's ultimately kind of one person in each working group who can say like, well, that changes bullshit and you're, you're just bullshitting and fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like this whole thing. If like people object, then they like roll dice and like this whole thing. It comes down to a dice roll? There's there is a formal process in that ETF to come down to it. I believe it's a coin flip, not a dice roll. <laughs> it, it never gets used because that's yeah. not practical. But, but if we're talking about Bitcoin and money and, and something that is maybe even more contentious mm-hmm. than, than we'll to come down to the dice arguments about whatever you don't want to. You don't want to coin flip. That's no. not, not no. what you really want to. So I think IETF is maybe the best model that we have for analogies to how I would like Bitcoin to work in the long term. But it is certainly not sufficient. And I'm trying not. to say like, well, IETF is how Bitcoin's going to work. I think that ignores a lot of the differences between Bitcoin and everything else.
1: Right? Bitcoin might set a new standard.
0: I think Bitcoin is going to be a very different mm-hmm. way of thinking about changes to protocols. Then.
1: No, and this, I mean, it goes back to the theme of what we've been talking about tonight. It's just like we have no idea like what these technologies yeah, are, definitely. what they're going to do to us, and... That's why I love what John's advice was last week. It's just like, all you can do is learn more. Just try and learn as much as possible. Like yeah, Begin your journey, just c- continue reading. Like we said, anybody that says they're an expert is an <laughs> asshole. Like, nobody yeah. knows. Nobody It's been my knows. full-time
0: job to figure out Bitcoin for, <laughs> I mean. Since, since high like, school. Yeah, I mean, I've been working almost full-time since high school. I took some time off in college. Like, I actually, you know, had a college that I, you know, went to. It was fun. What I spent- college? UNC? Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill was a lot of fun. Love right. Chapel Hill. Still fucking hate Duke. They're all assholes. Fuck anyone who ever went to Duke. <laughs> fucking
1: people. God. It's, it's a different breed. I will say this. It's a different breed. It's a different breed. Uh, in high school, we used to go down to Duke and do spring training for lacrosse down there. I'm not Oof. a Duke guy at all. Oh. But, uh, oh. I'm i remember sorry. I remember the tobacco road rivalry very, very vividly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that the rivalry is fun, if nothing else. Um... <laughs> but can, but yeah, I mean it's all that said, it's been almost my full time job since twenty eleven to figure out Bitcoin. I still don't think I know Bitcoin. I don't No. Not an expert per se. Maybe I know better than most, but like I'm still learning. And that's why I think still people still trying to learn.
1: I think that's why people become so enamored with it. It's like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like like I need yeah. to figure it out and yeah. the further you dig, the less you know. And yeah. That's the craziest part. Yeah. You, the less you, the further you dig, the less you know, and that's my favorite part about like these new adoption waves is everybody coming in like, ah, oh, I just discovered the blockchain, I know how to fix it. And oh it's yeah, like, it's watching uh-huh. people get humbled in real time is. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. It's.
0: I think it's Jimmy Song who, was it Jimmy Song who had this had this chart that he said of like, you know, when you get into Bitcoin, you're like, wow, I don't know anything, and then for the first like six months, you're like. Wow, I'm becoming an expert, and then like six months in, you're like, "Wow, I fucking know Bitcoin. I get it," and you're like explaining it to people, and then kind of seven months, you realize, "No, you're an idiot," and and actually, no one has any fucking clue what the hell this thing is, <laughs> and everyone's still trying to figure it out. And I,
1: I, I do know exactly you are talking about. I don't know. I don't know if Jimmy or somebody else is is the uh, the source of that that chart yeah i have seen that chart like you first six months in you're like all right i'm picking it up picking up expert and then three months later you come to the realization that you don't know (laughs) shit. like what the fuck is that (laughs) and that's why it's so great to be alive right now it's like we have something that finally like it's such a it's such a diametrically opposed system to what we grew up in where we grew up in a system where it's like all right you you go to school you go to kindergarten through senior year of high school then you go to college and this is the way life works like you do this 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 you have this schedule you become a professional you knock up somebody you get married you raise a family restart the whole cycle again and then bitcoin just comes in it's like I'm going to fuck up this cycle and it's it's we're literally uh, like it and that's why I'm so drawn to it. It's like what the fuck is like I need to know what this is doing to us and
0: I mean it it has the potential to be world-changing. It is I, I would argue that it already has changed the world to a certain
1: extent just getting yeah,
0: people okay. thinking about this stuff. Yeah, I mean potentially. I mean I I was at Thanksgiving, I mean whatever. Thanksgiving it was what two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh talking to one of my uh, second cousins, I guess, and and she was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm recently getting into cryptocurrencies. I've got uh, a colleague at work teaching me about it. I'm investing in Litecoin. I was like, ah, you know, cool. I mean, hey, it wasn't, it wasn't iota. So
1: had a lot of people ask about Litecoin this week.
0: Really, Litecoin. That's like, yeah, well, it's
1: fucking Coinbase. It's like, you got free true,
0: options man. like Litecoin, Shrubble, Litecoin. And Bitcoin.
1: That's the other thing. It's I like, mean,
0: I'd buy Litecoin over Bcash, right?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. Like, I buy mean, by an order of magnitude. I think the uh, the use Light case. Of Litecoin is, as a test net is a good use case. But. Well,
0: Litecoin is Bitcoin but centralized ish control. Yeah. Right. If you want, if you want a, these developers are competent. They know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and but it's not Bitcoin in the sense that they're you know taking slightly more explicit control than bitcoin it's litecoin that's the thing i would go use yeah and it's not like eth is crazy move fast and break things litecoin is we're developers we're conservative but we are kind of in control of this system yeah bitcoin is no one's in control this is just a fucking roller coaster let's see where it goes (laughs) (laughs) like litecoin i mean it makes sense as a product that you might wish to invest I, I don't have any fucking litecoin but but i understand why some people like it
1: no i don't but i don't think people understand i don't know. it like no you, one has any you, fucking. Labels. i don't think anybody understands <laughs> it like you would think they do it's just no, they see not. they see the options when they sign up for coinbase should i buy ethereum litecoin or bitcoin it's like oh well litecoin's like just like bitcoin but it's cheaper a way
0: cheaper, like duh. Should buy the cheaper one, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's totally.
1: How do we get away from like like? I'm like tired of like dealing with that argument. <laughs> uh, at I the, don't at know, man. No, at this point, it's like, all right, go for it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out in the long run. Um, it's no, it's tough. And That's the other thing. Like, you have such a myself at least, definitely like such like a. You think you have control of. I don't want to say the narrative, but like you, you feel like you can explain this to people in layman's terms, like off, mm-hmm. like off the bat, and then you're just confronted with it, and it's like, well, like <laughs> I truly don't understand this shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I. Yeah, man, I can't explain this to anyone. I <laughs> a very, very good friend of mine recently was coming to me and is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna buy some some Bitcoin, some Ethereum." And I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I would really like to spend some time explaining to you, someone who's very technical, like, you know, really smart technically, you know, I'd really like to spend some time explaining to you why Ethereum is, in my opinion, just just vaguely, you know, largely poor technical decisions, a series of poor technical decisions, in my opinion. And then I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, holy fuck, I'm going to have to spend like six hours <laughs> explaining to you why I think Ethereum is less valuable than Bitcoin in the long term. Do I really want to spend six hours explaining that to you? Or do I spend just want to say like, working on payment channels. It's not, not even, yeah. 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 i was like, wait, I don't want to, you, you're going to invest in both? great better than and also to some extent like fuck the markets in this space are absurdly irrational i i like to say that i i mean i i have fully stopped trying to day trade in this space it's absurd i stopped years ago it's not even worth it yeah i stopped years ago largely because you know i look at all these things through a lens of technical you know Do I think your project is technically capable? Do I think it's going to go somewhere technically? Blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, the markets don't give a fuck. God, they don't. Not at all. I mean, I sit here and I'm like, well, this IOTA thing is bullshit. Markets are about short the fucking shit out of IOTA. Oh, wait, it's like number four in marketing. Yeah. After
1: after working in finance, like you find that it all comes down to asset flows, like where the assets are flowing, to what. Into what securities?
0: Well, I mean, what's the the common saying? Uh, the market will remain irrational yeah. longer than you can stay liquid. It's probably, I found that out the hard way a few times.
1: It's probably yeah. the only good thing Keynes ever said was <laughs> the market can remain <laughs> illogical for longer than you can remain liquid. Yeah. Um. But if, let's move on. Let's get a little interesting here. Uh oh. I told you Are we, we were. reading re- cosmic again. No, we're not going to get cosmic. Uh-oh. We're, we're going to talk about okay. diets. I told you diets. this. Diets. I told you this before. We, vegans, I'm st- all the way. You're be- vegans. Before we started uh, recording, we've got we've got a sector of carnit, carn carnivores in Bitcoin, and we've got a sector of vegans as well. And you fall under the vegan sector. I, I am
0: a, I am a vegan. What? Yeah. Do,
1: and I fall in the middle. I'll eat everything. I'm an omnivore. I don't give a shit. Like I can eat a smoothie. I could eat a steak. I could do whatever.
0: Neither of those are vegan.
1: Neither. A
0: smoothie has milk
1: in it. No, I mean no, I don't, no. I'm talking about like apples, bananas, acai. Like oh, okay. Yeah, i I don't. I told you I don't drink dairy anymore.
0: All right, all right.
1: But I think it's funny <laughs> the 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 dichotomy of of, of crazy there's, diets. There's
0: crypto vegans and crypto carnivores and, and those. Th- yeah. But I
1: think it's funny that like just the whole diet aspect has 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 yeah. trickled into the crypto space.
0: Oh yeah, cryptocurrency. Yeah, there's there's. Who's the most? It's probably Zuko is the most famous crypto carnivore, right? He's he's like. Yeah, well, I he think he started me. the trend, but I would say Bitstein,
1: Michael Michael Goldstein, is probably the most, and Sifadin are probably the most adamant at this point.
0: Okay, I could see that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, I um, <laughs> if I'm completely honest, I I caught veganism, and I um. You caught veganism. Caught veganism. Veganism to. Most men is an STD. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Uh, No. You went out with a girl. You you go out with someone. You go out with someone for a while, and they're vegetarian or vegan, and so that's the only thing you eat. And after a certain point, you're like, yeah, this um. When's the last time you had this this meat thing or this this dairy thing? It's just not appetizing anymore. Uh, so I <laughs> went out with a vegetarian for a while in college, and uh, almost was vegetarian. Then went out for, with a vegan for a while after college, and then full on caught the vegan vegan STD. Um, and uh, there's y- you would be surprised how many <laughs> folks I know who cut veganism or vegetarian as an STD.
1: Are you in it for the dietary aspect or the humanitarian aspect,
0: or the taste preference honestly taste preference, at this point yeah. like I just haven't had meat in I don't know three years four years and like it just it is no longer appetizing you you don't have it for long enough and you just kind of look at it and you're like I could eat the flesh of a dead animal or I could not do that mm-hmm. and also I live in New York so I could just go get falafel and it's <sighs> better and I fucking love like, falafel and hummus that's yeah, one of my favorite I mean, At a certain point, if anything, it's easier, right? Because, like, I don't have to spend as much time trying to find a freaking restaurant to go to. I can just be like, ah, vegan restaurants. Okay, there we go. Mm -hmm. It's just, it is easier, and it, I would prefer to not eat a carcass of a dead animal or something that came out of a cow's udder or, like, whatever the fuck. Like, I just, you know, why? Why would I eat that? To each his own. Just does not... Appetize me it doesn't ex- doesn't make me excited about eating food. And there's great fucking vegan food here in New York. Like there's a Michelin star vegan restaurant here in New York. Which one? Uh, sorry, vegetarian restaurant. Uh, Nick's Nix is vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think star. of
1: uh, Bike Chloe? You like Bike Chloe?
0: They're fast foody too much sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. Which Bike Chloe good, but there's, there's so you a, go to there's like it, Mediterranean like. My go-to is falafel. Yeah, I've been yeah. There's I'm vegetarian. I'm a sucker for hummus and falafel. Oh God, who yeah. isn't? There's a there's a um, uh, what's it called? There's a falafel place literally across the street from my apartment. It's Like, <laughs> I go home. They close at ten, so it like gets me out of the office at nine. I go home, get falafel on the way home. That's like, ah, that's my dinner, four nights a week.
1: How many falafels do you? eat? Hmm. How many like how many falafel pucks do you eat?
0: Uh, I mean whatever they put in a sandwich I don't Eat maybe Yeah it was a stupid question oh.
1: Um I've actually got pizza night at home I gotta pizza get home night. in like an hour Alright All Um right. We're we're warming up the stone oven The uh Whoa. The stone in the oven yeah. right now <laughs> This has been a fascinating conversation I've got one more question for you Alright When is the blue hair coming back
0: <laughs> When's the blue hair coming back I don't know I don't know Uh in SF, it's like you know, every third person has blue hair. Who gives a fuck? It's fun. Did you live in yeah. San Fran? I did. A, I I lived in San Fran for three years, Okay. two and change. Okay. Um, you like, are whatever. the blue
1: met. Like I was expecting it's you to true. come. It's blue I, hair.
0: I mean, I had blue hair for a long time. I uh, had it. I had it. I did in college the first time, and then just had it for. Because
1: you went to UNC, because you like, had an affinity to blue.
0: No, it's fucking random. <laughs> um, I I've been blue mat for uh, since middle school, actually. Really? I've been I've been blue mat since middle school. Where'd long you grow before. up? Uh, North Carolina. Oh, you grew up in North uh, Carolina. I grew up in Charlotte, actually.
1: Okay. Um, I lived in Charleston, South Carolina, for a little bit. Charleston. I all, right, all right. Big right. fan of the Big fan of Char- the Carolinas.
0: Yeah, I love the Carolinas insofar as they don't uh, have interesting political decisions sometimes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's
1: Whatever. I appreciate the landscape and the smells and oh, yeah. the, the the culture of being
0: outside as much as possible. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> Charlotte. Charlotte's weird. Charlotte. I grew up in Charlotte, right? Charlotte is um, a island of not the South in the middle of the South. You drive mm-hmm. 20 minutes in any direction and you're in the fucking South. Mm-hmm. Charlotte itself, you're not in the South. It's weirdly like transplants from New York and whatever else. Um, anyway, so. I did the blue hair. I've been blue mad forever. I did the blue hair kind of independently. A friend of mine did her hair, and I did my hair at the same time. We were just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And then everyone kind of assumed it was UNC blue because it happened to be the right color. And I was like, ah, okay, whatever. I'll stick with it. Uh, and then I stuck with it for a number of years living in San Fran because whatever, it's normal in San Fran. It's a bit less normal in New York. I'm still trying to decide if I... I'm I'm gonna do it again. I like both. I like the blonde. I'm
1: a blonde hair guy, kid myself. I appreciate blondes when I see them. Oh. It's uh,
0: I'm I am appreciating natural hair color more. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um. We'll see.
1: we'll say. I think uh, I think it's a good look on you. I think the blonde is a good look. Blue is a good look as well. But eh. thanks. Not gonna force you anything. <laughs> um.
0: All right. All right.
1: What advice do you have for our listeners to the freaks out there Uh, a parting note let's keep in mind that most of the people listening to this are probably relatively new to bitcoin and crypto
0: here to bitcoin Uh, i mean obviously don't invest more than you can afford to lose Uh, we've been hit this a few times done like this this is experimental this is uh, this stuff just (laughs) it might very well go to zero and by might very well i mean probabilistically it is most likely the stuff goes to zero Mm -hmm. uh don't get too excited about markets the market goes up and down uh avoid playing into the emotion it -hmm. is hard to look at a market and not get emotional and see it go up and want to buy and see it go down and want to sell that's how you lose money Mm -hmm. um But enjoy getting carried away with learning in this space. There's so much to learn about. There are so many topics that Bitcoin will lead you down a rabbit hole of so many different interesting things. Go down the rabbit hole. Enjoy it. Learn something new. Learn something exciting that you hadn't thought about, that you've never considered as an issue in modern society. Get excited about it.
1: I couldn't agree more. And. I think that's like I've been saying recently I've reached my Bitcoin Zen because I don't care if it crashes or mm. goes to millions of dollars because the amount I've learned and the people I've met and the experiences I've had are so worth Yeah. So worth it and again, like this could potentially if it is successful, it's not highly probable. It's probable to a certain extent. It's not highly probable. It will usher in the next enlightenment and I'm um, I'm happy that um alive now to go along for this ride um
0: the rides a hell of a lot of fun it's a it's
1: a hell of a ride I think it has 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 led to some hair loss I can oh, yeah. I've got a bad genetic receding ha- hairline I've inherited from my family but I think the Bitcoin ride has uh or expedited the uh the amount of hair loss I have right now totally worth it eh, totally worth it um, with that being said, Matt, where can we learn more about you? Where can we find you?
0: I'm at the Blue Matt on Twitter. Uh I'm one of those weird people who reads all of my public DMs, so you're welcome to ping me, ask me questions, whatever. I don't always respond. Uh but but occasionally I I find the time to respond, go through my DMs and and, and respond to things. Uh I also contribute to Bitcoin Core and and hang out on on IRC if you're Really committed, and you want to get into development, IRC is the place to be. But I don't think most of our listeners no, are going to be. No, probably, what IRC not. IRC is. probably not.
1: With that being oh. said, that's all we got for this week, freaks. Peace and love.
0: Cheers.